My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. It's Geek Stuff, TNG. What the fuck is a reboot? We're gonna be rolling out a lot of new things. Where the stars in this piece of shit? Oh, are you? I am the sandwich. No one of consequence. You can find me on Xbox at Fat Dumbledore. <laughs> you know what keeps going through my head? Where's my sandwich? To all who come to this happy place, welcome. I am West Coast. How the hell did I get roped into this? Show me what you got. Scotty, beam me up. The force is strong with this one. And I am Big Kev. Hail to the king, baby. Yo, that kid Monty is fired. I have Amigo Isis action figure. Almighty Isis. And here we go. Spider-Man t-shirt I got covers that are running off my feet I got a bad mustache, a reoccurring rash And not a lot of cash, I spent it on my stash Man, it's good to be a geek It's good to be a geek It's good to be a creep It's good to draw my pictures And no one will have a seat I'll pretend to be dumb. It's not hard. <laughs> That's not hard for you to do. That's a great start to the show. Wow. Real nice, Scott. Don't support him when he says dumb shit like oh, that. Don't beat He's up on smart. yourself, Sandwich. You're He's smart. You're... I'm smart. I can do things. I'm, not I'm dumb. smart. Not like everyone says. I'm the older brother, Mike. I'm smart, Mike. I got passed over. <laughs> I'm smart. I'm smart. <laughs> It's not, I'm smart. I'm smart. I'm smart. A Fredo sandwich. There he is. Oh, oh. No, that's the worst kind of sandwich. Fredo sandwich. Jesus Christ. All right. I am, because we're trying to do a uh, some content here for the week where uh, coming off of San Diego Comic-Con and I am out of town. So we're going to do some quick hits here. I'm in fact going to quick hits and I'm going to come back and put in all the social medias at the top of the show so that we can save a little more time because I know that we all have places to go and people to see. So I'm going to pause for that. And through the magic of editing, here we are. Uh, Please follow the show on all the social medias, the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Instagram. It is GeekStuffTNG in all of those places. You can also find the uh, beautiful website for the show, GeekStuffTNG.com. If you want to communicate with the show, you can do that in a number of different ways, including the GVM line, 201-730-BKGS. That is 201-730-2547. Or you can email us at geekstufftng at gmail.com. If you really want to support the show, we really appreciate it over on patreon.com slash geekstufftng. For just $1 a month, you can get access to the show's private Discord server. For $3 a month, you get access to the Early Bird Special, that is the new releases of the show, as soon as I'm done editing them, uh, and also the prep sheet, which has gotten quite lengthy with all of the news going on and uh, how shorthanded we have been on getting the shows out. So there's a lot of news to talk about, but you can see the prep sheet there. For $5 a month, it's the bonus round where you get the weekly bonus show, that is the Sandwich Shop, where Young Sandwich talks about his misadventures and whatever show 
Kev forced him to watch that week. Uh, and then also you get vintage episodes of Big Kev's Geek stuff on the 1st and the 15th. So we are in uh, still in the first 100 episodes over on the vintage episodes. I think it's at about age number 80, 81 or so out there. So check those out. It's really fun to hear uh, what the news was back in 2007 uh, in the geek world. And then for $10 a month, you get to watch us record our shows live on Instagram Live. And uh, again, we really appreciate all the Patreons there. So thank you all so much for supporting the show. Okay. And then we're going to jump right into quick hits. Did you see that the Millennium Falcon was in Revenge of the Sith? This is on Snopes.com. Did you guys see this? Revenge of the... Uh, the Falcon was in Revenge of the Sith? Yes. Where? They just threw it in there in 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 production in one of the because they had the models of it and everything was being done with. Is it Revenge of the Sith that it's in? Yes, that's what it says here. The Millennium Falcon revenge is in Revenge is of in? the Sith. It's a reven- Are there other options? <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I like Revenge of the Sith. So, silly question. I mean, does it have to be the Millennium Falcon? Is there no other ship in the galaxy that looks like that? A YT, whatever. Uh, yeah. It has to be the Falcon. But no, it's the Falcon. This was on Snopes.com. Oh, so are we just listening to anybody nowadays? No, Snopes is confirming that it was in there. That's the whole thing. It was a rumor, and it has been confirmed, kind of like Mythbusters. Oh. So, again, because they had a digital version of it, they could put it anywhere they want. So it's, like, real tiny in one. Like, if you look, if you're squinting real hard and you look in the back corner behind this one scene, you see parked right there, the Millennium Falcon. Yep, 24 minutes into 2005's Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. The Is it all, Falcon. like, so- chopped up, though? Is it missing the pod from the front? Like, no. Who owned it, then? It has to be a pre, if it exists, it has to be a pre, it has to be a pre-Lando Falcon. And Lando said that the Falcon was new. Again, there's a time <laughs> issue there. It's not, I don't know, I don't think it's supposed to be in canon that it's the Millennium Falcon. I'm saying when they were creating all the ships flying through the sequences, Does it have a they nose threw it cone? in there. Does it have the nose cone in it? Yes. You can see it. So it looks like it looks like the Falcon from Solo. It does. There it is. That's the screenshot of. I can't, I can't really see it. Mm. Text it. To, text it to me. All right, I will text it to you, and we'll look at it later because this is supposed to be quick hits. I just wanted to say that it was in no, there. No, it's fine. You can text it to me, and we'll hit another thing, and I'll look at it. You know, we can move around. This is how we move. All right. Well, what else can we talk about here? Um, let's talk about production and casting news. Avatar 4 and 5 might not be directed by James Cameron. Well, first we have to get through two existing. Oh, no! And with three has to be made and not be a a pile of shit. And I'm an Avatar. Jokes aside. Uh, You sure are one. (laughs) He's smart. I'm smart. (laughs) Avatar. You know, I'll, I very much do not care at all about a new Avatar movie coming out, right? But I have seen it said recently that people said, you know what? 
don't doubt James Cameron, right? Look back, what were people saying when we were waiting for Titanic? It's going to be the biggest flop of all time. It's going to be the biggest money loser ever. They've already spent so much money. They're so far over budget. And then what happens? It goes on to become, you know, one of the most highest grossing movies ever. And really, Avatar's been up there as one of the highest grossing movies ever for a long time too, right? They'll just fight Endgame. So they'll at some point, someone will just put out Endgame and then we'll just release each other. Yeah. I mean, Avatar... Avatar 2 would have been great if it was released 10 years ago because then it would have been four years after. I'm looking at this ship and while I can see the similarities um, and they can say it's the Falcon and all that and that's fine. However, uh, it it definitely is I mean, it definitely is that class and it's definitely that style of ship. It does not have the nose cone in it so it's not the Falcon per se. What was the you car know? in my cousin Vinny? The Pontiac Tempest. Yeah, because <laughs> it doesn't have rear differential. It doesn't have the rear differential. <laughs> it was. It's a trick question. How's it a trick question? But again, I don't think they're saying it's the Millennium Falcon that's appropriate to the time frame. I'm saying they used the digital version of the Millennium Falcon that they had in their computer and stuck it in a scene really tiny in the background just for fun. Yeah, that's Fair. fine. Yeah. They're not saying that that Lando was flying around whatever space battle was going on that that was in. Because you're right, it would have had the nose cone on it, right? Yeah, it would have had the nose cone on it. And it would have been, I mean, you could tell even in the distance that that ship is dirty. And the Falcon was white when Lando had it. Lily white. So no no race or political motivations implied. That ship was the color of white. Brandy new. So it cannot be the Millennium Falcon. It can be another uh, Corellian class. YT. YT, but it cannot be the Millennium. It cannot be the Millennium Falcon. It can be a similar. And also the timing doesn't work either because I, I, I said this earlier. I'm sure that Lando said that that ship was new. And if the Falcon was new and Lando had it, what's the distance separation between, between solo and, and uh, 10 years. Is it 10 years? Well, cause like it's 10 it's, at a minimum 10 years. Well, Revenge of, the Sith, Revenge of the Sith to new hope is, 18. 18 years, right? Well, we have other blo- we have other blocks now. We don't have to go that far. Just look up Solo and look up Revenge of the Sith. Every this, time we this, try to do quick hits, we get down this freaking rabbit if I, hole. If I were to relate this, it, this reminds me of like a 1963 Buick Skylark and <laughs> the Millennium Falcon is like the Pontiac Tempest. Which also no, came in a trick that answer, lily white cover. The Pontiac oh. Tempest did not have rear differential rear. control. <laughs> so it couldn't have made these mocks. <laughs> the, the two hutes? The two what? What? All right. All right. Let's let's just move uh, on. Let's just move uh, on. Mr. Gambini, um, uh, 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 what is a ute? <laughs> I'm sorry, Your Honor. The two youths. 
the laws of physics seem to stop at your stove. <laughs> what is a grit? Are these magic grits? <laughs> oh, episode 688. Grits. Grits. <laughs> no, Pontiac Tempest. Pontiac, not, uh, yeah, Pontiac Tempest. <laughs> All right. Okay, let's move on. Let's talk about Sony, the Spumsy, the Spider-Man. What is it? Spider-Man film universe, whatever. The, the Spider-Verse? Yeah, over there. The, the Emma Roberts is joining the cast of Marvel's Madam Web. As? Oh, I don't know. Some character in Madam Web. Gwen, Gwen Stacy, Gwen, uh, Gwen, Gwen Stefani. Gwen Stefani's going to be in in it. Yes, exactly. Not Gwen Stefani. Gwen Stacy. Spider Gwen. Is I mean Ma, now, Madam Web. Madam Web is a multiverse crosser, right? Is that what she does? She's I like believe the, that's the way they're going to play her. Yes. Doesn't, doesn't she like run the like spider totems, something like that? Some shit. Who knows? Who can keep up? And it's having an old. And it's, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant because, uh, because they can do anything. They can make her do anything. You know, it. Don't forget, it's the bare bones of the character, and then they decide how to change it from there. So. It feels weird to have a Spider-Man character in a separate essentially universe it's not separate it's like distantly related universe about spider-man like it's it's, a, it isn't though it's around spider-man the closest we've ever gotten was venom and then they fucked that up well i, I feel like this is close too. you know more so than morbius that god-awful fucking movie no, i didn't um, see morbius did see is it? spider-man in i mean other than the 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 poster that says murderer over Spider-Man, is he, does he appear in Morbius anywhere? We can spoil oh. it at this point. No, there's no Spider-Man. There's, there's no story. There's no nothing. There's <laughs> wasted see, time. It's Morbin it? time. Hold it's Morbin time. Oh my God. Fucking Morbin time. Did <laughs> you, time. did you, uh, did you see this film? I watched a bit of it because my friends Where? wanted to. Where? You Ubiquitous clandestine means. Oh, I see. I see. My friends wanted to one night. Because, um, you know, you could think of me as a bad person. They were enjoying the devil's lettuce, and I was just hanging out with them. It's like, hey, let's watch It's Morbid Time. The devil's <laughs> lettuce? Well, I, I'm a man of the Lord, so I would never ingest uh, such... I can't believe you, Sandwich. I had such hopes and dreams. Uh, are we talking about wacky tobacco? Yep. Oh, jeez. Sandwich is hitting Sir, the pot. The, these kids today, are you on the pot? No, no. Where did you learn that from? <laughs> I learned it by watching I you. you, Dad. I learned it by watching you. Now that commercial's way too old for Sandwich to know, so he doesn't know that commercial. Um, Emma Roberts, her role is undefined. Uh, they, Sony has no comment, so we don't know who she's playing. Um, e. And then it also says that. Uh, Severance star Adam Scott is also going to be uh, in the cast. Why do I know that name? Uh, he was also on uh, Parks and Rec. You might, you probably know him from Parks and Rec, Adam oh, Scott. Oh, yeah. He was also on Party Down, if you ever saw that show, Nothing which bad. was pretty good. Um, and then he's on a show right now called Severance on Apple TV, which is getting all kinds of 
uh, acclaim. Has anybody seen that or know the premise? Apple TV? It's an Apple TV show, oh. and it's called Severance. Uh, basically, instead of having a non-disclosure agreement with the work, they do some kind of uh, procedure where when you're at work, you do not remember anything about your personal life, and when you leave work, you do not remember anything about your work. So you just, while you're working, you don't know who you are. And when you leave work, you don't know what you do for work. That's a semi-interesting concept, actually. Whoa, dude. And so it it seems... Pretty fucked up right there, dude. Yeah, it seems really interesting. And so I guess the basic premise is that Adam Scott's character is either going through or has gone through a horrible divorce and he's terribly, terribly depressed. So when he's at work and doesn't remember his personal life, he's fine. Because he doesn't know that he's depressed. Because he doesn't remember that in his outside world, his life sucks. So that's that's kind of the premise of it. And it's getting really good reviews. Uh, I think it ended on a pretty major cliffhanger for season one. There's definitely going to be a season two. But I'm honestly, I'm waiting until season two comes out. And then I'll watch it then. Mm. Uh, let's see. Have you seen that they're going to reboot the Fletch franchise? Oh, who this time? John Hamm. Ah. Uh. Now, Fletch. he's... What's Fletch? Did you say what's Fletch? Yeah. No, you know what? Fletch is so bad that Sandwich doesn't have to do a a sandwich shop on it. Oh, wow. So Fletch it's and bad. Fletch Lives are so bad that not even Sandwich has to see them. I would say Fletch is decent. Fletch Lives, not that great. Uh, there, it's a Chevy Chase character. He's a... Is he a private detective or is he a, a journalist? Mm-hmm. Who gets into trouble? There was a series of novels, and then they did a couple of books. I saw each of them one time. I knew a lot about it because Kevin Smith talked about it incessantly, rebooting it, and with Jason Lee, uh, you know, back when the two of them mattered. And it's just like you know, it, it not mattered. That's not right. When when the, when the two of them were sort of you know making a lot of movies together and so forth. So, uh. And yeah, that's, I mean, I've seen each of the films once. I didn't like either of them, mm. but I, I, I'm trying to think of, I mean, I'm trying to think of something I liked Chevy Chase in. I liked <laughs> him in Vacation. And I think that's it. How about... Uh... Uh, Three Amigos, he was the worst one in the Three Amigos, you know, but I like that movie overall. I like that movie despite him. Right. Uh, and then I can't think of another th- Caddyshack again. He was the worst part of Caddyshack, but I like Caddyshack. Yeah. I mean, okay. But uh, John Hamm, so it's a comedic role. He's a bumbling kind of character who uses fake names and bad disguises, at least in the other movie. So I don't know how they'll do it. I'll be interested to see it because I think John Hamm is surprisingly good as a comedic actor considering he's a you know he's a typical hollywood handsome leading man type and he can actually be very very funny i guess yeah uh let's see um if you want to watch uh the the movie prey the predator movie you can actually watch it in in the comanche language oh yeah oh. so that's going to be an option for that See that this movie looks interesting to me, only because I I like the predator as a character. Yes, and the idea of you know like I guess fighting like a Native Americans oldie times. Yes, 
It's a cool concept. Um, I'm going to be interested is, to see how it goes. Is that Netflix? What is that? That's no, no, a that's, Hulu thing. Yeah, and I think it's getting its. I think it's getting its debut at Comic Con, honestly. Um, and then it'll be on Hulu. I know I it's like, supposed to be soon. I want to see that too. I feel like Hulu has definitely fallen off as well. Am I, am I the only one who believes that? Like um, Hulu is like the other one now. Yeah, but like seven or eight years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Hulu. Let, let's finish. Let's finish the uh, the casting news stuff real quick here, uh, and then we'll come back to there. Um, let's see. Do you know who David Desmalchian is? David Dalmatian, of course. Yeah. He was Polka Dot Man in Suicide Squad, right? Oh, oh I know him now. So he's he's starring in a, a a movie called Late Night with the Devil. That's his. Wait, did he news. play? Did he play? Is he the guy? Was he was he in? Um, was he in season one of Umbrella Academy? No, it's a different guy. No, he played. I know who he played. He played one of the nuts in Dark Knight, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. He, one the, of Joker's crazies. Yeah, the one that had like the the bomb imbe- embedded in him. I think was him. Yeah. No, uh, uh-uh, uh, not the bomb embedded in him guy. It's not. That's not the guy that blew no, up. Uh, uh, it's a different guy. I thought for a second he might have been the guy who was in season, who's the bad guy in season one of Umbrella Academy, the guy who played Sill in the Sopranos movie. No, no, Young no, that's not Sill. No, but that is that guy. That guy you're talking about, though, he was, yeah, he's one of like he, he's one of the he's one of Joker's goons in the parade scene. Okay, yeah, I, I now I'm now I'm picturing him. Yeah, I mean, if you put that guy in in Dark Knight, you'll see. I believe you. Yeah. Chiller, Chiller is a thing I always forget about, but like for horror people, I imagine it's fantastic. That's right. coming up in October, probably, right? No, no, but there's a there's a streaming service called Chiller that's like oh. like Netflix for horror movies, right? Is it Chiller? Is that another one other than? Uh... Whatever that other one was. The only one they have is Chiller, I think. No, uh-uh. No, there's no, that other are, one. Is that, is that the service, or is, are they calling this movie a Chiller in the in the title of the article? That's, it's definitely not called Chiller, the service. I can't remember what it's called, but it's not Chiller. It's not. Look up Horror Streamer. Google it. Shudder. Shudder, yeah. It's the, the similar sounding word. Yeah, they're just saying that this movie is a chiller, meaning that it's not straight out horror. It's just, it's it's not scary enough. It's thrilling. Yeah, it's a thriller. It's a chiller. It's a killer here tonight because this is thriller, thriller night. Okay, uh, let's see who. What else uh, we got? Furiosa prequel. Stop while you're behind. <laughs> the Furiosa prequel is going to take some place where it fits somewhere in the Mad Max universe, right? But it's going to be. Um, it's it's young Furiosa, right? So it's not going to have what's her name in it anymore, right? It's, Charlize Theron. It's not. Yeah, they Charlize. already replaced her. Yeah, isn't it, like Anya Taylor Joy doing it or something? Listen, isn't I don't know why anyone cares about continuity anymore. They should just make movies for making them. Movies, TV shows, just make them. Who cares about Great. continuity? Great said said uh, Joe Casada <laughs> circa. <laughs> What year? What year did he take? Do the over? fans really care ago. about continuity? Or do they just want quality content? Yeah, that's it. How Don't about how, how about Danny Putty as the voice of Bumblebee in the Transformers? 
Well, the, the point of Bumblebee is to not have a voice. He just has generic radio noises, though. Yeah, well, right? Isn't that what he does? I mean, that was the movie character. The cartoon character Bumblebee could talk, right? Could, but, like, that's not Bumblebee, then. I mean, I, I, I guess know. it's Bumblebee when he's on, like, Cybertron. Movie Bumblebee is different than cartoon Bumblebee. Fair. Aren't they also doing the... The Transformers were animals, the fucking primals. Or Beast, Wars? Beast Wars. Beast Wars. Isn't are that coming they? out too? How gay. I heard a thing that, uh, what's his name? Hellboy is going to be Optimus. Oh, yeah. Ron, 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 Perlman. Uh, Ron Perlman. Yeah. I heard you he might do, uh, or do you do mean, it. Uh, what's his David, whatever his name is? Harbor. David Harbor. Harbor. No, Perlman. I heard we do Optimus. Am I insane, Sandwich? Let me finish the question. <laughs> yes. Uh, wasn't David Harbour at New York Comic Con this year? Yes. What did I? Oh, I was trying to think when I got him to sign. I got him to sign Red Guardian. Yes. That's right. I couldn't remember. Okay. Because what am I going to do? Get him to sign a Hellboy figure? Fuck no, because he ain't fucking Hellboy. Yeah. That would be Ron Perlman, right? Bitch. Some bitch is going to do it. So if I say the name Gindy Tartakovsky, does that mean anything I'll, to you? I'll, I'll, I will say bless you. Bless you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he is uh, behind Samurai Jack, Hotel Transylvania. Um, oh, Samurai Jack? Well, one of those yeah. is good. Yeah. 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 Well, he's working on something called Primal, which is going to be an R-rated animated movie. I've seen that. That was a cartoon. It had two seasons. It was really interesting. Is it? Is it the same though? Well, now he's Wasn't making a movie. Wasn't that like a dude on a on a giant dog, or am I thinking of something else? It's a dude and like a dinosaur. Okay, yeah, and they're like initially trying to kill each other, and then they become friends. And it's in that Samurai Jack kind of style of like yeah, low yeah, dialogue I mean, and just like interesting like uh, art styles. I remember. So that's cool. I, I feel bad I didn't know the name. Oh, no, wait. No, Primal is what... Yeah, Primal is a show that he did. His movie that he's making is called Fixed and it's an R-rated 2D animated movie about a dog who finds out he's going to get neutered in the morning and what he does with his next 24 hours. So that should be interesting. Neutered. <laughs> I'm guessing he he uses his dingling in some capacity. That would make sense. Yeah. All right. So let's keep moving on here. Let's get some more quick hits before we have to get out of here to go to Comic Con. Uh, Batgirl You're movie. Comic Con. We're not. Yeah. Well, you guys should fly out here and go to Comic Con. Use my badge. I won't be able to use it every day. Uh, Batgirl movie is getting delayed. Uh, let's talk Why? about... I, it's just getting pushed back. Officially delayed. Okay. Uh, let's see. It's we're, we're delayed. Just, these are quick hits. We're trying it's to just report. Horrible. Uh, they're going to... So let's talk about some reboots and re-releases and revisited things here. They're going to make Hocus Pocus 2. Did we mention that yet? They did a teaser. Yeah. I saw it. It was hideous. I, I'm surprised they didn't use any makeup on Sarah Jessica Parker, hmm. but still. So the two uh, the two bullies from that were both at uh, Hellmouth Con that I was at uh, um, uh, right after you left, Kev. 
So oh. if you wanted to meet them and get autographs, they were there. Uh, one of them was on an episode of Buffy, and then those two, they kind of hang out together and go to cons. So they seem like really nice guys. Good for them. Good for them. Let's see. They're making a Dirty Dancing sequel with Jennifer Grey set to direct. I'm mm. assuming it's going to be, is it going to be about Not baby happening. as an adult, grown-up baby? You don't think it's going to happen? Not happening. Mm. I'll bet you a million dollars it never happens. All right. Let me write that down. One million not going to happen with jennifer gray directing you mean from her vast directing experience yeah and then they're going to be there's currently really getting one ready of the biggest sh- movies of all time they're going to let jennifer gray direct a sequel there already was a sequel by the way and it was terrible well that was and that was dirty dancing 2 set in uh, like havana right havana, havana nights havana i got it i had it so havana nights nice how about my big fat greek wedding three Shooting I'm, down. I'm down. I love the first one. I think the first one is really, really good, really funny. Second one was weak, but they had a lot of points. I think they were trying to hit too many points in the second one, so hopefully they'll wrap this trilogy up neatly. I'm hoping it's, I guess it's his. her daughter is going to get married. Yeah, you would assume. Yeah. You would assume it's the daughter. Right. I mean, it, they, they pulled, part two was, they, they pulled it together all right. I think, again, it was fan well, service. Who got married decent. in two? Was it like a sister? No one. No, the mother got remarried. Yeah. Did the dad die? No. No, they they renewed their vows, right? Yeah. Oh. Oh no, it wasn't renewing their vows. I think they had never been officially married or some shit. Oh yeah. Okay, it's been a while since I've seen. It. I'll be honest. I've seen the first one. Only because, like, I don't know. I saw the first one. <laughs> it was good. Nothing wrong with saying you liked the movie. That was fine. I didn't think it needed a second one, so I didn't. I didn't watch it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, let's do. Let's hit some celebrity news real quick. Uh, Kate Mara is pregnant, expecting her second child with Jamie Bell. Aren't you a Kate wow. Mara fan? Did Did you meet her on the island? Is that am I misthinking about that, Kev? I, I'm a fan of Kate Mara. I did not meet her on the island. Okay, well, she's expecting her second child with Jamie Bell. Who's Jamie Bell? Why? Uh, why? 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 I know that name. I don't know why I know it. Jamie Bell. We'll look up Jamie Bell while we also say that uh, Kirsten Dunst married Jesse Plemons after a six-year relationship. Wow. That name's familiar, too. Maybe if you looked at the Jamie, prep sheet. I'm looking at Jamie Bell. Jamie Bell, Jamie Bell? I, I, I know him. I just can't say his movies right now. I mean, you, know, you could look at the prep sheet. Oh, and then that you could guy? Know things. Oh, that guy. Help us out. Who is that guy? He was in uh, Snowpiercer. <laughs> no, he's been in others. I'm looking now to see. Oh, he's the kid in Billy Elliot. Oh. Nice. The movie, which, uh, yeah, that was him. Let's see. King Kong. Oh, five. That would have been um, Peter Jackson's King Kong. Flags of Our Fathers. He was in Jumper. That's that's Jamie Bell. He was Tintin in the Adventures of Tintin. Guys, Most hold your horses. He was in the Fantastic Four movie. He as was the, the thing. thing. He was in the yeah. He was in the awful one. So let me tell you who just in Rocky. He was in Rocket Man. He was Bernie Taupin in Rocket Man. That's probably the most recent thing. Yeah, Bernie Taupin was the his was is still 
um, his writing partner. Songwriter, yeah. And then Jesse Plemons, who Kirsten Dunst married. You know why that name sounds familiar? That's Meth Damon oh, from Breaking no, hold Bad. On. I want to. I want to discover it on my own. Oh, okay. I already ruined it. I didn't hear it. What was it? Meth Damon, the guy from Breaking Bad that kind of looks like Matt Damon on meth. Can't think of the person. He was also in Fargo. Oh, yeah. The What's dude. His name, again? His name Jesse is Jesse Plemons. Plemons. He's the he's the dude who was with the white supremacist who like shot that kid and Jesse's second girlfriend. Oh, oh, this guy, this guy's been around forever. He played a great piece of shit in Breaking Bad. He did. Oh, and then you he know he was he was in a couple ever. of things. He's a good actor. Yeah, hold on. I'm looking up because he's done a bunch of stuff in the genre. All right, here we go. Finding North Varsity Blues, All the Pretty Horses, Children on the Birthdays, Like Mike, Zachary. He was the Captain Kirk character in that episode of uh, Black Mirror where he... I didn't see it. You didn't watch Black Mirror? I haven't seen that episode. The Star Trek episode? Master Battleship. Wasn't Battleship, wasn't that like... Wasn't Battleship the the movie based on the board game? Yes. Yeah. And Rihanna is in it. Rihanna Black is in the Battleship movie. Bridges Spies. Uh, the Irishman. Yes. Oh, yeah. He was um, fucking he was Al Pacino, some of that movie. Why can't I think of the fucking person's name? Hoffa. Hoffa's good. Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, I mean, he's done stuff. Yeah. Good for them. And he married Kirsten Dunst. Yep. Kirsten Dunst. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. All right. Why don't we take a quick break and then we'll come back with a little bit more news and then I will uh, maybe drop in a couple of uh, uh, spots from whatever I get to see at Comic-Con for this week and then we'll discuss Comic-Con next week. Comic-Con. 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 It's when you have the Quan. And with that, we will take our first and only break on this episode of Geek Stuff TNG, episode 688. The one we're doing because Scott has a life. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. We need to get the word out that the listeners can be involved with Geek Stuff TNG directly by using our GVM line. 201-730-2547. Hmm. Maybe we could use our seductive voices? Huh? Our what? All right. Here. Let's read these lines in our most seductive voices. Like this. <clears throat> hey there. We want you to be a part of Geek Stuff TNG with your questions and your hmm, comments. Oh! <clears throat> That's right. We want you to tell us what's hmm, on your mind. What we are doing that you <laughs> like. <coughs> So call us on the GVM line, 
730-2547 and you may hear yourself uh, on an upcoming episode of Geek Stuff TNG. <laughs> wow. Wow. What? Okay, here we go. I'm James Hatton. And I'm Podcast Rob. And we're the Something Something Cast. We're a pop culture podcast that chats about movies, comics, TV, music, video games, and a whole lot more. Check us out at our home at somethingcast.com. And also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other fine podcatchers as well. Proud members of Hashtag Potter and Family and ACPN, the art, comedy, and pop culture podcast network. Okay, here we go. Hey, Geek Stuff listeners. It's West Coast Scott here. Did you know I do a podcast with my lovely wife? Say hi, Brittany. Hi. Tell them about our podcast. We do a weekly podcast where we talk about travel, conventions, Disneyland, and our growing family. It's called the PieCast because we got married on Pie Day, and it's available wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media. At Pie Day Family. And my new Twitter handle is at Pie Day Scott. Check us out. What's up? This is Mikey T, host of the Failing Hollywood Podcast. I'm just a guy who plays with props behind the scenes. On our show, we have guests who also work behind the scenes, and we joke around, we drop names, we tell real on-set stories. We even play some film games, only on the Failing Hollywood Podcast, found wherever podcasts can be found. Build your own X-Wing. Luke Skywalker's legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars Saga. The X-Wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive 1 to 18 scale and comes complete with remote-activated working lights, R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends model space. And now, another classic Geek Stuff ID. Hey, this is Mez, founder of Mezco Toys, and you're listening to Big Kev's Geek Stuff. Geek Stuff TNG. Live from the sandwich shop. Party Productions in sunny Southern California and Big Half Una Studios. It's Geek Stuff TNG. During our commercial break, you're from our amazing sponsor, BuildXWing.com. This model is in 118 scale, making it the only fully scaled, fully detailed X-Wing ever made for use with your three and three quarter Star Wars action figures. This X-Wing features many amazing details like the proton torpedo bay, working engine lights, and a light-up R2-D2. You can add your own boops, bops, and beeps. The S-foil is open to attack position. The laser cannons simulate firing, and the engine lights power up, all by remote control. We recommend you take them up on their do-do-do-do-do-do premium offer. You get what 18 scale hangar accessories to create a detailed display of your X-Wing, including crates. Tanks, personnel transporter, landing lamps, fuel pump, ladder, as well as several static figures, including ground crew members, and even Luke Skywalker himself. When you sign up for your subscription each month, 
In addition to your parts of the model, you'll get four full-color magazines featuring instructions for the parts you've received, fascinating articles about the original models used in the movies, and more. You can collect these great source materials in a free binder, which you'll receive as part of your subscription. As a fan of collectibles, you may have seen models like this online or shows or conventions, and I don't need to tell you the price tag can be quite high. The genius of this system is that you're paying a little each month as well as having fun putting it together yourself. You can check out more info over at buildxwing.com or reach them by phone at 877-544-6779. Check them out today. Here you go. <laughs> That's a good way to start the commercial with the crunch of a lovely parm crisp. That's right. No geek stuff TNG would be complete without parm crisp snack mix. Parm crisps are full of all the nutrients you need and the wonderful flavors you have come to love and know, like parm. Crisp. Yeah, also crisp. Almonds, cashews, pistachios. Three grams of net carbs per serving. Net carbs, Kev. Does that mean that it has some carbs that cancel out because it doesn't have sugar? Yeah, it has diet, it has fiber in it and no added sugar. So you take the fiber, you remove the fiber from the carbohydrates, the dietary fiber. And who makes Parm Crisps? Are they their own company? I believe so. Wow, an independent company too. Looking at their website, parmcrisps.com, it says our original blend of Parm Crisps, you can get an everything tub, an original pouch, you can get the ranch snack mix pouch, or sour cream and onion pouch. What's your favorite, I'm, Kev? I haven't seen sour cream and onion. What was that? I like, I like the original. I like the original, but the ranch one is fine too. I'd like to try sour cream and onion probably very good yeah you could get the variety pack oh looking at all of the ingredients oh you see sir i i get them at the costco in the large size because i eat so many delicious parm crisps oh looking at the website let's see what's in the variety pack you got cheddar original jalapeno everything four cheese and sour cream they all sound delicious they are but i don't think they're doing the big what is this 20 ounce I don't think they're doing... Are they doing 20 ounces of all those flavors? I don't know. For more information on Parm Crisps, go to parmcrisps.com and find them at your better retailers today. When you buy them, mention Geek Stuff TNG for absolutely no discount. Mention them at checkout and look like a weirdo. (laughs) Reach out to them at parmcrisps.com and tell them you heard about Parm Crisps from Geek Stuff TNG. He never says kill, kill, kill. It's always. <laughs> How does it go? Yeah. Oh, we're back now. <laughs> now we're allowed to talk. Yeah, we'll play the Friday the Thirteenth sound effects in there. Now we're allowed to talk. Yeah, that's, that's right. Nice. You guys be quiet during the breaks. No talking in the breaks. No talking on lunch. That's right. You sit quietly at your desks with your head down, and that's it. Uh, so I think I think Sam, what you wanted to talk about uh, Hulu, right? I mean, yeah. Because what, what was your thoughts on that? 
I mean, just I think we were talking about before how, you know, Hulu has been it's relevant. It's time of the night. We turn on the black light. Let the dungeons and the dragons begin. It's D&D. Fighting with the legends of yore. It's D&D. Sorry, you know what the music means. That's right. It's time for our D&D update of the week. Sandwich, yes. I understand that we got a brand new book. We did. Brand we have new. Journey Through the Radiant Citadel. Oh, Journeys Ooh. Through the Radiant Citadel. Oh, look, that's a radiant cover there in your right hand. Yes. Well, so it looks like one alternative cover. One alternative cover, one regular cover. Pretty much stock standard. Most books nowadays have that alternative cover, although some don't. Not the last one. Last one did in that special other edition. Oh, yeah, that's right. Anyways, getting I have to pick that up. So journeys through the Radiant Citadel. Now, that one just came out. But did we I thought that the the the, the spell drummer three book isn't that supposed to already be out? Is that did that get delayed or something? Um, That had bigger appeal, but that one's coming out in a month or two. Okay, that's all. I just thought that that was supposed to already be here. See, the August or September, I forget. I'm going to find out right now. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So, so continue. So journey through the radiant Citadel is a collection of one shot or like, you know, two session adventures that you can run going from levels one to 14. So lots of options for your players. Uh, It takes place in the place called the radiant Citadel, which basically exists sort of outside of, reality and like the astral plane for lack of a better word you know it's kind of a place outside you can kind of throw this in at any point in your adventures or you know it's a good just generic place to start an adventure because it's in the middle of everyone yes did you know that there are alternate covers for all three spelljammer books it all comes in one set so yeah all of which i will name now yeah two sets i know that Oh, okay. So it's you get the set with three alternative covers, or you get the yes. regular set. It's not like there's three different. Yeah, you can't or, mix and match. Or really. if you have a problem, you get both sets. Yes, but that's for next month's sandwich and Kevin and Scott. This month's sandwich, Kevin and Scott, are still talking about journey through the Radiant Citadel. I'm still looking for the date. All right. Well, August. I'll just rap about this book for a little bit. So like August. I said, it's a collection of one shot one shots going through 1 to 14. August uh, 16th. Thank you. We got 224 pages of content, no tearouts, which I do appreciate because tearouts are a bad thing for D&D books because only monsters would tear something out of a D&D book. Yeah, I firmly believe that. Savages. Savages. Tearouts are for people or it's a test to see how committed you are to being the same person you got it and every etsy shop online is doing a full printout of everything that comes in a stupid book yeah so um dd has been doing this for for a couple years now well they'll release like once a year a collection of one shots although i think they did two this year because i feel like it was candle keep mysteries this year does anyone do you remember at all kev i think it was wasn't it I think so. Yeah, because that was also a collection of one shots, um, which one shots are great. To, they're just trying to overload content. 
which is a very much a Hasbro Wizards of the Coast adventure of just dumping content, which, you know, they've done it for Magic, so eventually I'm worried they'll do it for D&D, but let's, so these let's sets, not for today. These one-shots, they, I think they call them anthologies, right? So it was Tales from the Yawning Portal and then something with the Salt Marsh and then Candlekeep. And then yeah, so Ghost of Salt Marsh, Candlekeep Mysteries. Um, so they're, they're just like like adventure hooks. There's like they're They're just... Yeah, I don't so, want to call them throwaways, but they're like mini adventure. They're, they're, they're yeah, one it's, shot. it's an encased adventure. Like I said, like this one, the point of these stories are you can kind of throw them into your campaign at any point. Or if it's like, hey, me and my friends want to play D&D one night, but we don't want to do a whole campaign. All right, find a story, find a level you want to start at and just run that, you know, and now Candle they're giving you Keep. options for that. Candle Keep was March 16th of 21. Oh, okay, so it has been a year. That's been out a while, yeah. Okay, I, I thought it hadn't been a year. I don't know why. And, and so, again, just to, to follow up on all the good Dungeons & Dragons information you get from this fine program, uh, the Morden Kanan's multiverse... No, multiverse of monsters. Multiverse. Monsters uh, of the multiverse. So that included all of the new monsters f- from the Monster Manual to that point. Right, so now this is coming out. It after was that. yeah, so like these... updated like it took bo- monsters from like four different books and put it in one book. Right, so then now these monsters, these new monsters that come in this one aren't going to be in that yes. one. And at some point, no. one would imagine yes. that at some point in the future there'll be another kind in of like three years, four years, yeah. maybe they'll throw them all together in a new book. In a new, just yeah. the same way they did with uh, multiverse, right? Yes. Yeah. Um. So speaking of monsters, there are a couple new monsters in there. Not as much. There's not a lot of new stuff to interact with in this book, which is fine. It's a lot of just like already elements you're dealing with. There's a couple stat blocks in the book. It's a fine book. Honestly, I had no complaints about it. I kind of wished it might have been a little more for a player to do because, you know, some of these books, they'll do something where it's like, I'll introduce a new race or introduce a new background or class, subclass. You know, it's kind of just like, you can be here, have fun. Maybe fine. because they just consolidated and put all the races and all that no, stuff in totally the last fair. one. They, they, totally they fair. didn't do as much. That's just, if I had to nitpick something, I just would want a little more. But that's just, that's just me. That's just me having to find something. Because I did enjoy this book generally. I thought the adventures looked fine enough. Um, one shots are a great introduction to Dungeons & Dragons as a DM and a player. Because as a DM, you know, not having to worry about writing this big, expansive story, you know, and having to run like something for a session or two is great. And then as a player, you know, not having to worry about a big commitment of like, all right, am I going to like this game? Am I going to like this character idea? You know, it's great for that. And then these these adventures are also great because if you're a DM, you don't really know what you're doing this week. Uh, I'm kind of running out of, you know, my brain's kind of dead and busy all right, maybe consider pulling one of these one-shots out of, like, these books, of this book, Yawning Portal, Candlekeep Mysteries, Ghost of Salt Marsh, you know, and you can use those one-shot adventures for an appropriate level to, like, run through your through your, uh, your players and have a nice little session. Okay, I have That's a question for you. for you. Now, you, yes. you, how often do you play D&D? Uh, twice a week. Twice a week. and But you're 100% homebrew, right? You don't uh, use yes. these these adventures so so like with a book like this like yeah I could, you, get, you get the but, i could though but you i'm just saying but in your personal style you don't though right you don't yeah so so essentially all you get out of a book like this is one 
a nice D&D book to put on your shelf, and then mm-hmm. nine new monsters. Maybe some ideas, but you don't, you don't actually use the pre-written adventures. So if, if you were trying to be economical, and if you didn't have a yeah. problem that required you to purchase everything, if you weren't a completist, so yeah. to speak, you could ignore all the actual uh, campaign set or campaign campaigns like this and the one shots and and the tyranny of dragons you don't need all that you just need the manuals the 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 tome of foes the you know the there's, the, the there's multiversal two distinct, there's two distinct different kinds of books here there are um you know there are books that lay out adventures and uh campaigns and settings module books Kind of, yeah. Yeah, like module books. And then there are reference books. And the reference books are like the player's handbook, the DM guide. Um, uh, Xanathar's the, guide. Yeah, there's Xanathar's guide. There's, Tasha's. Uh, yeah, all of those. Those are resource books for character building versus campaign, uh, campaign creature and... Uh, um, Just like generic source books. Yeah, like, yeah, like campaign, I would say campaign creature and adventure, pre, pre, prefab adventure books. Yeah, modules is what we, we used to call the prefab adventures, yeah. right? Well, so, no, so, because, no, because, and that's why I'm drawing the distinction, because a book like the one we're talking about right now is definitely a module book, mm-hmm. but something like Icewind Vale is a campaign setting, like Greyhawk. From the old days, so it like did Dragonlance. So it was giving you the characters, but not the situations. So no, Ice, Icewind Dale was a campaign, but also gave you stuff to just like, if you want to no. just run this, you could do it. While, too. while Icewind, all right, I, I'll I'll take that sandwich. But while Icewind had campaign a campaign element running through it, it was basically a source book for that area. Oh yeah, you could also just use it as like, hey, you want to run a yeah. snowy campaign? Here's That's how we would do it based on that. Right. That's a campaign setting. This book we're talking about now does not provide you a new campaign setting. It provides you with a series of one-off adventures. So that you could put I mean, anywhere so, because it's in the astral plane, right? So there is a city that is one city that is where this all takes place. The Radiant Citadel. Radiant Citadel. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I don't know why I have Candlekeep in my head, but Candlekeep uh, is a little bit more like I'm describing yeah. Again, so I was me, just I was just saying my, my point was that somebody who's mostly homebrew wouldn't necessarily need this other than those few monsters. You, no, you know what it is? It, it's it's I use it when I use these kind of books. It's like inspiration. I have right. used those books for like, okay, I like this idea. I like what they're exactly. doing here. I like this creature. Like I like to look at the monsters, obviously, you know. Yeah. But we did mention that. Yeah, you still you, know, it's, you still it's, want to absorb all the material. I, I mean, I get it. And that's all. That's okay. all I was saying. Oh I mean, yeah, you but know, I just kind of like we to... said too. You know, I, my style doesn't have to be your style. You know what I mean? Doesn't have right. to be your friend's style. I have my friends who just, you know, they don't enjoy the kind of way I DM. They they enjoy DMing a more like I'm semi-serious at times I'll, I'll make some jokes but some people like i want to joke all the time i want to be serious all the time i like a happy medium i want my characters to be challenged i want them to have fun you know now, doesn't you, mean that they're all mutually exclusive but... and you said you play twice a week are you dm both yes. times or do you get to play no, once and dm once i get to play once to dm once okay that's good and so now yeah. the when you're a player are those also homebrews or does, does uh that DM... yeah 
Only because we're doing that now, but I I, I don't mind playing in a campaign. Okay. I just, again, I just, just don't like I don't like DMing in a campaign. Only because I hate the idea of if the road is supposed to go left and my characters go right too far, I feel like sometimes there's not material to bring them back. And that's my personal opinion. I'm not saying that's the way it is. Well, you then, know, you, then, you just, then you just kill all as the characters. As a DM, no, as a DM, it's just, I mean, the easy solution is that you, you just flip everything. Instead yeah, of yeah. the destination you want them to go to being on the left, you just have it be on the right. That's an easy No, thing. I know, but I, I just like the idea of, you know, if you go left or right, I know where you're going. Right. Got it. I don't have to flip. There's something there already. All right. Uh, thanks. I, like I said, I was just want to hear a little bit more about people. No, that, people that I, play. I, I think someday you will know, play D D, Scott. One of these days, I've got all the I books for everyone. Uh, for those involved in D and I think this is a book that's worthwhile. You know, I think every book book is worthwhile because it gives you something that you can source and look back on as a DM or a player and be like, I like this idea. I like that. So it's always good to have as much information available as possible because at some point the internet might go down. Yeah. And if you're, and then if the trove goes away, then the trove is gone. Exactly, that's the point. So, so yeah. that's why you got to have them in hard copy. And you know, if you ever really learn how to speak Japanese, you can hang out with Kev and read his Japanese versions of the of the was it the basic set and the expert set. Is, is, the I have the five. Right? I have the five E players handbook in Japanese that I bought in Tokyo, and at celebration I bought the red box and the blue box from the late seventies, early eighties in Japanese. Amazing find. So interesting. I mean, just such yeah. a, even if you're not a completist, which you clearly are, it's, that's a really neat thing to have. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't have paid what you paid for it. And I know you got a good deal because you're a master negotiator and you know your stuff, but there's still, and I got really that, cool thing. and I got that, ro- I got that R2 ripoff robot from, now, I forget which one it is. I can't remember if it's Seven Zark Seven or if it's the one from <laughs> Battle, Battle of the Planets. No. And I don't know what the difference is between the two of them. It for sure wasn't from Battle of the Planets. It was some different anime that I wasn't, because I would have known it if it was from I think Battle it was Star Blazers. Yeah, I think th- it was think the so. robot from Star Blazers. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, just quick, this this book was stock standard $49.95. And, and the How alternate covers are the same price. They're just always. They're it's just, it comes down to the exclusivity of yeah. after a month or two. If you didn't get it, you're paying a couple extra bucks. Yeah. How many pages? Uh, 224. Nice. All right. I think we should do this. It's D&D. Warriors that terrify. It's D&D. Hey, why don't we go to a clip from uh, some stuff I recorded at Comic-Con? Oh, all right, it is the day after preview night for Comic-Con, and I was fortunate enough to get badges for the entire thing, Wednesday through Sunday. And uh, the reality is that uh, I'm only going to be able to go on preview night. I'm not going to, I'm just not going to have it in my schedule to get out there. There's too much stuff going on. I'm leaving on a trip. I mean, technically, I bought the badge for Comic-Con two years ago, right? It, we've skipped two due to the pandemic. They did the... Uh, comic-con light at like thanksgiving last year and i chose to roll over my badge for this year probably should have gone to comic-con light probably could have gone a little more then but anyway um preview night is usually a little bit lighter in attendance obviously um the way that the exclusives work now at comic-con it's all online in advance you have to have 
put your name in for the lottery and either you won the lottery or you didn't uh, to go get in line to buy stuff. So for Funko, for example, you put your name in for the lottery. If you win a ticket, that means you get the opportunity to shop there. Doesn't guarantee that the stuff's going to be available because, again, I saw so many people with these, you know, just ginormous Funko bags full of crap. And it's like, it's just so offensive to me that I know that they're not buying that for themselves. They're just buying it to resell. So it's you're just enabling scalpers. That is all an exclusive is at this point. That's my opinion. I am very over quote-unquote Comic-Con exclusive. So either you have to be there, win the lottery to do it, and then you buy up the whole stock and then go resell it to people. Literally, people step out of the line, put it on eBay, and make hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Um, or what I've also heard that they're doing is you're pre-ordering and getting in the mail your Comic-Con exclusive. And that is bullshit. If you can get it without setting foot on the floor, it's not an exclusive. So although I hate exclusives and the way that they do it, I also think that it is false advertising to call something a Comic-Con exclusive if you can get it on the internet, if you ordered it directly from the company and they mailed it to you and you didn't go to Comic-Con to get it, how is that a Comic-Con exclusive? Anyway, that's my opinion there. Um, I showed up downtown San Diego to the uh, you know cluster that is parking, looking for a place to park. Uh, went and got my uh, handy-dandy wristband so that I could get in with my vaccination status and then uh, proceeded to go wait in line. The floor opened at 6 o'clock. I got there at about... Three o'clock, uh, I brought a tiny uh, chair that I could set up, you know, a collapsible chair so I could sit comfortably on the hard cement floor while we're all waiting in line to get in and, uh, you know, then continue to get some work done, you know, so it was a relatively productive day in line for preview night. And then the floor opened up, uh, I wouldn't say promptly at six, the floor opened at six and they started letting the lines go in. So by the time I hit the floor, it was probably 6.20, and I was pretty close to the front uh, of the line. I, uh, and so, you know, and, and even then, there was already huge lines at all of the, uh, you know, major booths, people that just have their their tickets. You know, like the Funko booth, there's a whole area, like, called Funkoville. They kind of own one corner of uh, the floor. So I was really interested to see what the floor would look like this year. What I'm really glad about is that going on preview night did give me the opportunity to pretty much walk the whole floor. Uh, you know, I didn't get to spend a lot of time at, at any of the places, but I got to see all of it. So I won't get to do any panels this year. I won't get to really take in all the cosplay on, you know, Saturday and Sunday. Um, but I at least got to check out the whole floor. I spent a lot of time in Artist Alley, and I'll come back and talk about that in a second. But there certainly is not the same presence that you would have seen in the past from Marvel or DC. Uh, you know, there's a lot more streamers, right? You know, you see the, the Hulu booth and the Netflix booth and, uh, and, and you know, other networks, you know, like Nickelodeon. And, and there's just a lot of, um, you know, product and networks, but you don't see... Uh, Marvel and DC the way that you used to you, you know they, they've kind of moved out DC probably just doesn't have that much going on dealing with all of their uh, issues with the DCEU and then Marvel they've got uh, the D23 coming up in just a couple of weeks so um, I think that it's going to be different going forward there will be it, it almost feels like Comic-Con 
because there's so many other conventions and the, all the companies are kind of doing their own thing, um, it's not as important as it used to be. Uh, but again, I you know I didn't really look at the at the schedule to see who's coming to the panel, to what the Hall H stuff is going to be, because I know I'm not going to be able to go to it, so I didn't really uh, dive too deep into all that. But so you know the crowds were, I would say normal for a preview night. I wonder if the crowds will be the same as they normally are on. Uh, you know, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. If you look at the convention center in downtown San Diego, I've heard it said in the past that um, the downtown San Diego, the gas lamp area around the convention center is designed to hold, you know, like what is like 50 or 60,000 people. And during Comic-Con weekend, you get, you know, a couple hundred thousand people in there. So it's like way over capacity, really hard to find something to eat, really hard to find a place to to stop and, and sit down. So again, that was the good thing about going there on preview night is they didn't have to deal with the massive, massive crowds. Um, so, you know, going in, checking out the floor, you know, I, again, I walked through Funko Village. Uh, I went and spent, I really spent most of my time on Artist Alley. Saw uh, some of my really good friends, uh, you know, Anthony Helmer, friend of the show, got to check out some of his art. Uh, really good friend of mine, artist Joey Spioto. I, you know, I've talked about him a lot. I've got a lot of his art out there. Um, I really had a really good conversation with this guy named Brian Tillman. He go, uh, Kaiser is his nickname, and uh, he was awesome. He had a, a nice Venger original artwork. His Twitter is follow the Kaiser. Um, he was really good to talk to. He just was so into all of like the '80s cartoons that I feel like uh, he was just right in my in my uh, wheelhouse there. But anyway, uh, going out the rest of the floor, you know, there there's booths for you know Nickelodeon and Disney Plus. I stopped by the Clerks Three booth there. Um, what else? You know, checked out the Netflix. There was a Dragon Ball Z booth. And um, again, nothing really all that uh, exciting. I, I walked through the Hasbro, Hasbro booth. I got to see kind of the life-size, not life-size, but I got to see in person the, the Galactus that I think uh, Kev was talking about uh, in our group chat that uh, Young Sandwich is going to have to be carting out of the, uh, of the t- carting out to the storage unit at some point next to the uh, the sentinel with the busted knees in the in the glass case there but also at the hasbro booth you could see where they were doing the they were scheduling appointments for the put your face on the hasbro item so um all in all you know the the floor of a con is pretty much all the same stuff you know what what are the new exclusives what are the new pieces um, I stopped by this booth it's, uh, that I don't remember ever seeing before. I know Kev was familiar with them. They're called uh, Tweeterhead, and that's just a name that I hadn't heard, but, man, some of their pieces are just very detailed. There was a Joker in there, and I'm like, oh, Kev, what about this? And he's all, oh, I'm already making payments on that, so I should have known. Um, you know, Sideshow booth, just, again, Sideshow pieces are incredible. They are amazing to look at, uh, you know, very expensive. Um and, you know, just kind of worked my way around. Over at the, uh, there was a NECA booth with some really awesome uh, D&D figures, some uh, Batman 89 prop replicas. Just had a lot a lot of good fun. So I got to check out the floor. Uh, I'm disappointed that the way that the calendar worked out this year, I really am not going to get to spend that much time at San Diego. So I won't have that much firsthand to report. So I'm just going to drop this in here. And then next week, we'll uh, just cover the actual news that comes out of Comic-Con. And, uh, you know, I'll just get back to our quick hits show already in progress wow that was a i it sounds like you had a great time uh there at comic-con scott hey that was exciting (laughs) insert emotion here thank you sandwich 
why don't we uh, do some social media so I can make sure that we get that in the episode as well. You can find him at Fat Dumbledore, F-A-T-D-O-M-B-L-E-D-O-R-E on the social medias and on Fortnite. Now you do him. You can find him at Big Kev GS on Fortnite and BK Geek Stuff everywhere else. And you can find me on Instagram and uh, Twitter at PiDayScott, P-I-D-A-Y-S-C-O-T-T. And uh, be sure that you are following the show on all the social medias as well. It's GeekStuffTNG. And support us over on the Patreon, patreon.com slash GeekStuffTNG. And we really appreciate it. I'll end this show this time because I'm going to be putting this all together later and adding more stuff to it. So we'll end this show the way we end some shows by saying, oop, God, I blew it. I blew it. I can't even do it, Kev. I can't do it. Wow. You do it. You do it. Let's call this episode Scott Goes to Comic-Con. Ew. So awful. For what, an hour he goes to Comic-Con? That's what it's going to be. It is what it is. I'll go as much as I can. We'll escape see. from San Diego Comic-Con. No. You have to go somewhere to escape from it. <laughs> I'm trying to make sure that there are no exclusives that I need. Well, you got until tomorrow to tell me because I'll be at preview night and that's the night to get the I don't exclusives. think there's that. Honestly, I don't think there there was the sideshow one I already grabbed. Taco shopping for Kevin. Which was the ge- the generic fet of all time. Uh, I think I literally think that's it. I think it's the only one that I wanted. So, so that's what, that's what we're calling this episode. Scott goes shopping for Kevin again. No, I, he's not because I don't want anything. And and if there was anything I wanted from even let's say Hasbro, I think all of it's going on Pulse. They're doing a Mezco con. Anyway, we can't. Yeah, they announced it today, though. It was like it's it's in two days from now, isn't it, or something? Some and I haven't heard. What was the last thing you heard from Mezco? What's the last one twelve release? Wasn't it that Joker? Yeah, I know it wasn't the Joker. That's what I mean. I like I can't even remember what the last one twelve release was. Was it like the Pink Skull? It was set? the last thing they put out. Was that fucking uh, the Army Builder? No, it was stuff after that. There was a pink skull, like those uh, skull dudes. Yeah, those pink skull dudes world tour some shit um, thing that came out, and but I was struggling to think what the what the most recent one twelve release was, and I just couldn't remember. They haven't had a significant one in a while. I think is the point. So. In any event, with that, we will bring this episode of Geek Stuff TNG, episode 688, to a close. And we will end it the way we end some shows by saying... Good night, Joe Turkle, wherever you are. And on that note... We cue the music. Yeah! All week I've been slaving at work. Now I'm gonna dress up like a Captain Kirk. Con, 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 con. See a Dalek 
with Mr. Spock and a droid and a hobbit and an Ewok. Good job, guys. Uh, let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day.